looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Pass the Post, Sunday, May 29. Thanks for your company, and over the next hour, we are going to make a clean sweep of this Minigan Eagle farm. We are going to examine it in all different directions. Ten races, all black type, so a lot to discuss, a lot to talk about. Uh, we had a pretty steady getaway with Stradbroke season, but we're in full flight now because yesterday that weather was outstanding, the crowd was strong, the racing was fast and furious, and Nathan X will be joining me in the studio, and I'm sure you would agree with every comment I've made. Yeah, and there was a prediction made yesterday morning that you'd be calling a few close finishes, and then that, that certainly proved on the mark, didn't it? There were some exciting races. Unbelievable, and it's funny you say that. You must have been reading my mind. I did a quick check. Here's two fun facts. From first to fourth in each race, mm. the average margin of the day was 1.3 lengths, so it shows you how tight <laughs> yeah. the finishes were, and the average winning margin of the 10 races was 0.47, less than half a mm. length, so... Uh, except for one or two races where a horse won by length, a length and a half. The other races were noses and heads and the like. So it was it was a great day of racing, and I'll be fascinated to see the turnover when it comes through next week because surely it will be good. We're going to speak to a lot of people this morning. I just want to ask you, though, just at the top of the show, it was a great day of racing, and it's pretty hard to prioritise. You Nominate your best three moments or your top three moments. Uh, well... No, no interest like self-interest, I suppose. So I put Pinarello on top. Yes. Um, but because of the work Roger James did through the week, he, he was really accommodating in uh, promoting this meeting, talking very openly about his horse and showing his confidence. So I was, I was thrilled for, for Roger and to see the Kiwis back winning Group 1 races. And then, of course, you know, just a margin in front of, of Desley Forster and Jimmy Byrne winning with Apache Chase for the Sharon family. That That was really... You know, I, it was a special moment, and I spoke to a lot of people about that. They said even though they weren't invested on Apache Chase, they were thrilled with mm. the result. And had to go for a third. Then you know, the Doombin Cup, you're always looking for a new horse to emerge, and, and hopefully Huetor and even Maximum may emerge to be wait for age horses next season. As I often say to you in our previews on Saturday mornings, same trifecta, slightly different order. <laughs> I'll put Apache Chase first. I'll put Team Snowden second, and they're posse of jockeys, winning three races yesterday, yeah. including the Group 1, and Roger James, a very, very close-up third uh, for his uh, training efforts with Pinarello. So it was a great day of racing. Let's get stuck into it. Let's go to the Group 1, Moen and Shandon Derby. Pinarello was actually the best back runner, but the favourite was Dark Destroyer at 350. Pinarello reached the lead, but Turtles after it gamely. Southern Stock is still a player. Dark Destroyer only battling, and then Ting Tong. Pinarello in front, but Turtle now looks the only danger. Then came at the head of the other Southern Stock. Pinarello in front, but Turtle trying hard. Pinarello in front, slowly but surely, but Turtle coming to it. They reach the line. Photo finish. I'll go Pinarello from Paternal in a great derby. A driving finish. Photo. Third either Dark Destroyer or Kabosh. Southern Stock just behind them. Then came at the head of the others, Ting Tong. Gaps to Bal Morris, followed by Red Wave, Impel Gazelle. Then Villaden Nestegger. Well back in the field was Global Osbred, Tuna Carcass, Satirical Glory, Anything Goes. And trailing them home was Sea Treasures. I always look forward to calling the Derby and also the Oaks because they're long-distance races and generally uh, it's the the best horses or the strongest horses fighting it out. They might be the horses in the market, but they're generally really good stirring finishes. And that was a, a classic one yesterday mm. with, with Pinarello, who'd done its share of work. Well, Roger James is just a little delayed. We're going to talk with him shortly, so we won't spend as much detail now. We will when we speak to Roger. But Pinarello had done his share of work, 
and Paternal got the run at exactly the right time. I thought he would beat Pinarello, but Pinarello answered every challenge that Paternal threw out to him. He did. He was entitled to get run down, mm. Pinarello. He was there, exposed at the top of the straight, but Lee Thinnes had done a brilliant job to that point in, in getting him across so quickly. Hugh Bowman rode Paternal brilliantly. It was a pretty ride to watch. Um, but maybe, you know, the, the strongest day of one. Yeah, exactly right. And, and you know, I think they all had their chance. When we talk about this meeting uh, throughout the, the next hour or so, we'll chart the fact that there were unlucky horses, horses getting held up for runs, horses being caught wide. But that's the nature of racing when you've got big fields. So yes. that doesn't come as any surprise. But I felt in this race, uh, it came down to the, the, the best on the day. It was Pinarello. Paternal was very brave in defeat. Kabosh ran well. He's been running well. A dark destroyer. Uh, he ran well, but not as well as the other three. He wasn't disappointing, but he just wasn't as good as the other trio. He may not have seen, have seen the 2,400 metres out, so going forward, he might be 1,600, 2,000 metre horse. Yeah, and an honourable mention of Southern Stock, mm. because I know Chris Munts a long time ago, I think it I might have even been when he won that maiden mm. last mm. year, and he said the Queensland Derby, and they just had that one mission in mind, and uh, it's a pity he couldn't run top three, but he certainly wasn't far away. Larry Cassidy post-race, he said, I'm telling you, this horse will win a good staying race um, through his career, so mm. he was thrilled with the run. And uh, just on that, too, uh, another point that we didn't address at the top of the show, but it is worth mentioning, more than worth mentioning, that this track played very well yesterday, and I think that was universally uh, accepted by, by trainers and jockeys. It's really turned a corner. Uh, it's been on an upward trajectory, not a sharp one, but it's been on a steady upward trajectory with this influence of Kai Kiyu over the last couple of months, and I think it was seen to its to its to nearly its best yesterday. Yeah, and... They come, they come from everywhere, the, the mm. winners at Eagle Farm. You saw the last race there. You could lead and win Apache Chase, uh, race nine, and then go to race ten, and Nash Marty comes right down the outside. So that's, from a punting point of view, it's um, very good. OK, so Roger James will join us shortly. We'll have a chat about Pinarello. It's a very good story, and certainly the story, too, with Leith Innes announcing his retirement after Pinarello saluted the judge, certainly going out on a winning note. Let's go, then, to our next Group 1. This is the... Forex Doombin Cup, and of course, Zaki was uh, billed as the star attraction. Why wouldn't he be? He won this race by seven lengths last year. He started $1.24 to win his second Doombin Cup. Six lengths, top end to tail, up to the turn of the Doombin Cup. 500 metres left to run. Polly Gray is now feeling the pressure and the heat from Zaki on the outside. And the long odds on favourite moved alongside Polly Gray. They stride together, but soon afterwards, Zaki took the upper hand. Weddle getting up to the rail. Yonkers battling. So is Kukaracha. Then Estefini and followed by Maximola. Zaki in front. One, two with the Shillelagh. He's got the lead. Weddle is running on gamely. Zaki's in front. Weddle on the inside. We didn't come to see this. Zaki is gone. Wedor took the lead. Maximal charges. Wedor in front. Wedor beat home Maximal in somewhat of an upset. Third, I'm not sure whether Zaki held on or not. The chosen one at Great House arrived late. Then Yonkers, Polly Gray, Wellback, Kukaracha, Estivini and Coventina Bay and Wedor. Yes, uh, one person who would severely disagree with me that this is not what we came to see would be our first guest because he certainly came to see Weddell win the Demon Cup and he saw it all right. Paul Snowden joins us now. Paul, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. Uh, it's totally different to when we spoke to you two weeks ago. You arrived with a 10,000 favourite, bit of pressure on your shoulders. Yesterday, I suppose, going into a race with a, a horse at double figures, but you know, considered a top three chance... Probably less pressure on, but gee, it was a great thrill for him to, for you, for you and, and the team to win. Oh, for sure! And look, he's he's a handy horse. This guy got 
and sort of reached his full potential yet, we feel. But um, obviously you're getting there. But uh, next preparation, hopefully, you know, we can improve off the back of this and, um, and and go to where we hopefully can with him. But, um, you know, he's, he's runs his time in have been culminating in a, in a nice performance in, in the Duma Cup yesterday and obviously this next race in a couple of weeks. But... Um, yeah, we were more than happy with him going into yesterday and, and um, look, he duly got the job done. We only saw him for the first time in Australia in November last year, Paul, where he put those those three wins together. You then Was it at that time you picked out Brisbane from from that campaign to think this is the right spot to, to get him to that next level? Yeah, 100%. Just, we used that guys going through his grades and just picked them off one by one and it was, you know, it was... A, sort of bland move. He sort of was spaced, well spaced his runs and just trying to get to know the horse. Obviously, he had a spell before he got here, so he'd had a, a fair bit of time off um, as long as if he was in work and, and got sent over. So he, he was coming here a completely fresh horse and we just got to know him right from right from day dot. So, um, you know, like I said, he's, he's an improving type and um, I just don't think we've seen the best of him now. I think he's got a little bit more to go. Well, I'm always interested in the background of these overseas horses. And, and this horse, Wedor, has only had 15 starts. And that was his sixth win in the Durban Cup yesterday. Just give us the backstory to how, how um, you and your dad and a big group of owners came to get Wedor. Yeah, so Will Johnson is probably the main man behind it. He um, he spent a lot of time over, over in Europe um, and, and working in his younger days. And obviously, um, he's come over here to try the bloodstock agents side of things. So, um We've teamed up with him the last 12 months and um, we bought two really nice horses over there and he was the first one we, we bought. So we found him privately and, and we secured him. And obviously, um, you know, from from his perspective, it's certainly a, a big thrill for him. It's his sort of first group one winner he's, he's bought and, and obviously, you know, put in Australia into a city stable. So full credit goes to him. My racing manager, Colin McCullough, he, um, he works in conjunction with him and, they find these horses, and we obviously got a few in the pipeline. We're just going to get get them done over the line in the next couple of days, hopefully. So it's something that we've always looked at, but probably never been surrounded by the right people to sort of get get it done where we have now. So um, hopefully we can continue on with a bit more success. You made a point earlier about getting to know the horse. Is that part of the satisfaction of training that you work little quirks out, work out what's going to get the very best out of the horse, and, and go from there? Yeah, well, look, you get a feel from how they were training. Again, that's where Will comes in. He spent a fair bit of time over in France, and they've got a, they seem to have a little bit more better turn of foot than what the UK they would have. They're a bit more dour and, and sort of don't have that that change up the gear style quite quickly where these horses do. So it probably suits Australian racing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah, it's just sort of knowing knowing sort of how what he's been through his whole life, and then just trying to. Not replicate it, but just make it an easy, easy transition for him. You know, he's not a horse that costs a, a lot of hard work, um, but he's a he's a bubbly, energetic horse himself. So, I think you know you just got to you got to work to their strengths. And I think um, you know working that working that horse like a true stay doesn't doesn't agree with him. Where you know you work him sort of like a, a fourteen hundred meter miler. That, that's that's how he progresses through his mm-hmm. races and gets from one one to the next and improves off the back of that. Kieran McAvoy knows him well. He's been on him every start and uh, typical K McAvoy ride just coasting along. Sixth on the rail, never left the fence, took the shortest way home. It's all cosy for the, the Q22, 1.2 million in two weeks' time. But I suppose there'll be a few there who finished just behind you. will be happy for a rematch. 
Oh, of course, and look, that's healthy competition. It's um, it's an ex- it's a it's a relatively new race that's been brought on the calendar up there. You know, it's it's obviously won by some nice horses in the past, but you know, you got to just batter up and and get him get him going again for the for the, a fortnight. And look, he's pulled up great as he always does. So it's it's only his his third, uh, third start this preparation. So it's it's not as if he's had hard racing at all. He's still feel he's got another PB in him for sure. A horse you didn't have as much time to get to know is, is She's a Belt as you come across from, from WA and you know, Group 2 winner of a million-dollar race. Yeah, um, very tough, Billy. Um, obviously, with the, the COVID situation, there's not a lot of availability for flights and she'd done it the hard way, travelled over by road and it, um, when she got there, she was pretty tired. So um, she give her a week in the paddock. I'm obviously mindful that the guys wanted to compete in the Sydney Carnival, so um, we got we got to the we got to the Percy Sykes, and she over raced quite badly. Uh, just jumped really well, flew into the bridle, and sat outside leader, but just just pulled too hard and probably raced upside down. And what we seen when she did win the the um, WA Magic Millions, she just got back like she did yesterday, and really had a good turn of foot. So that was reminiscent of that win and very dominant. Like I said a very tough, resilient filly, which done a great job. She certainly did, because when they came around the turn, I called Swiss Exile skipping away, and he actually, he, he was doing that. You were probably six to seven lengths off them, but you could see Swiss Exile started to get tired, and uh, she produced a very good finish. Uh, you said after the race um, that you'll pull up stumps, so, so in the light of this morning, new day, no thought of a, a late nomination for the Atkins? No, look, it's, everything's on the table, I suppose, it's... Um sort of pre-race, you're thinking, oh, you know, we'll, we'll sort of win, lose a draw, you put her out and you, you give her a break, look forward to, to a spring preparation. But obviously when you win like that yesterday, she's pulled up great this morning and and she's nice and bright. She looks, still looks well physically. So um, we're probably going to give it to the middle of the week and just adjust and um, reassess and see where we lay up. But it's, you know, like it's a fortnight away and a group run start. Mm. You know, it's, it's pretty important for her page for later on um, to be in a situation like she is at the moment. Yeah, you, you make perfect sense there. I'm glad you said that because you know she was so authoritative there yesterday. I know there'll be a, a few extras in the in the Atkins that we didn't see yesterday. We'll see a couple tomorrow. Step out of Dooman, but gee, the manner in which she won, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad you said that. What about uh, this last winner, Najmati or Najmati? Uh, she has a great turn of speed. We saw that at Caulfield. We saw her at her best at Caulfield first up. But yesterday, she gave them an extraordinary start. These are good fillies and mares, and she mowed them down. Yeah, it was a solid race. Um, but just very confident that she'd get the job done yesterday, even from the sticky draw. She's she's a get-back run-on type horse anyway, but she can take up the luxury of a good barrier when, when afforded to. But... Um, I oh, just just wanted Tommy just to be very patient, and she's got a blistering turn of foot the last 300, and obviously everyone's seen that yesterday, and it, it took um, you know it took her to put a, a really good performance in to overhaul the, the the couple that were in front of her late, but um, actually it was quite satisfying really. We used to train Sadlatine, so we got it on the line, so that was fine. <laughs> and Emirates Park um, owned her and and sold her obviously because this is the younger sister of mm. of uh, Salatine, so. She won, a, she won a listed race at, at, at a second start, actually, as a two-year-old and lost the way a little bit through barrier manners and just been a bit of a rat, really. But, um, no, no, we've, we've sort of ironed all those 
sort of issues out in the barrier. She's jumping clean, and you know, I think her effort yesterday suggested that she's um, she's on track and she can still improve this preparation. Hopefully, we can get a you know another win on the board. Did you go to the Tats Tiara? Yeah, look, fourteen hundred. I, I just honestly, I don't know. I actually asked a question yesterday. I said, do you reckon she runs seven? And we did try her at a younger age where. The tracks weren't sturdy, and we found out then, obviously, that she's just not a horse that she likes on top of the ground, and that turn of foot just gets taken away from her when it, when it comes shifty and a little bit, you know, uncertain underfoot. She can't possess that same turn of foot. So, I don't know. I, I think we've got to give her a chance now. She's a lot older, um, and, and she's obviously, when we get back onto that surface at Eagle Farm, it's certainly uh, green with her. It's been a great carnival for the team so far. Paul, um, does Dynasty still continue on to the Oaks this Saturday? Yes, yeah, she will. Um, look, we decided to leave her in Sydney um, after the Gold Coast. We brought her home. All, all this wet weather was coming. We didn't want to leave her up here for that reason, so we took her home. And John Kimberley was really good. He, he said, you don't have to go to the Rose if you don't want to, and there's no pressure. Just get to the Oaks as best we can. And then you had that, that meeting uh, postponed, and um, we ran her last week and she covered it. She was awfully weighted against the older horses, the three-year-old filly carrying 59 and a half. And mm. again, on a really testing track, it wasn't a, it was a heavy 10, but it was just a really heavy, heavy, sinking, heavy 10. They just yeah. couldn't get out of it, you know? Um, and she struggled. They they sort of laid up and they, they didn't go hard and, and she struggled to carry the weight through that. But um, it's a run she had to have. And in hindsight, I'm glad we did because... It wouldn't have, we wouldn't be backing up um, after Saturday into the Oaks if we had to come up here and, and right. she was up here originally. So I think she's she's come through the run well and I just want to um, yeah, get her get back sort of on top of the ground to a degree um, and uh, see what she can do over a little bit further. Yeah, because that bracelet form stacked up okay um, in the in the Roses there yesterday, so you know she's there when she gets a preferred surface. What about your Stradbroke um Potential Stradbroke contenders. We saw Senora Fox yesterday, and I am Superman was scratched off a, a wide gate yesterday. Yeah, so Superman, he'll go first up in the Stradbroke. It wasn't, you know, no brainer, due 20 there, but yep. he doesn't have to run. He's a very dynamite, fresh horse, um, and, and he's, I feel like we've got him in a, in, in a good spot, so I think it's a good time. He came up last year for the race, but he had three or four runs, and just t- takes the toll on him a little bit when those quick runs come, come at him a bit too soon, so... Mm. Fresh is best for him, so he'll he'll come up um, in the coming weeks. And Senior Fox, um, I think everyone was probably a little bit shocked at the way the race was run sectionally. Everyone sort of found their spot real quick, and and they controlled the tempo up on speed. But um, so everything sort of passed that midfield area there. They sort of sustained their own little spots the last 300, and would have been on par sectionally with 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 the the, le- the leaders. Um, but they were just the race wasn't run for them to run well there yesterday. Uh, fair enough. Well, the carnival's been good and can continue to be good. You've won five black type races and, of course, a treble there yesterday in two group ones. Congratulations to you, to your dad, Peter, to your posse of jockeys and all of your owners. And we hope we keep talking to you over the next few weeks, mate. Good on you. Thanks finally, guys. Paul Snowden joining us this morning after that training treble yesterday, capturing the group one Demon Cup with Wetor. The group two size with She's a Belder and the listed Helen Coglin with Naj Maddy. Okay, let's um, let's dissect this Doomman Cup. Wetor, perfectly ridden, covered no ground and won. As, as I said in that interview there with, with Paul, I'm sure some who finished behind him will be looking forward to the rematch and I would suggest connections of Maximal will be right in that category. 
Um, he over-raced, mm. and he still hit the line strongly. And I think it was the jockey, um, Ash Willis, said that he's still learning to race this, you know, this style of racing. Yeah, I spoke to John O'Shea um, <clears throat> post-race, and obviously he was thrilled to see him put that sort of performance on the board. They, that's what they've been hoping for for some time. He said he'll, he'll talk it over with connections, but... It's hard to turn your nose up at a race in uh, for 1.2 in a couple of weeks. So I suspect they're looking forward to the rematch. He felt that you know, just a couple of little things that happened in the run just counted against him, they, that he just ended up a touch uh, further back when, than what they would have liked. But certainly thrilled to have seen the horse produce what they know he's capable of. And, and surely there's, there's also a fitness factor there. He hadn't run since mm. uh, the Australian Cup, so two and a half months ago. So... Looking forward to seeing him again. I thought Great House's run in finishing fourth was good, getting to the line well. Now, the uh, other side, well, not, not side story as such, but was the defeat of Zaki, which was a major shock. He went out at $1.24. Uh, Annabelle Nishan was reported as saying, going up to the 2100 and the race being you know, delayed a week may have played a factor. I would put that in the clutching at straws excuse because on face value... That wasn't the Zaki we know that raced yesterday. No. Far from it. Well, we saw him win a Q22 over 2,200 mm. metres at the course last year. So, clearly, lengths and lengths below. The difference between this year and last year is that his campaign kicked off um, in early March there in, in the Blamings, and he was up, up and about to win an all-star mile, whereas last year he was coming to Queensland just with the two Sydney runs under the belt. So, he's obviously just come to the end of it, but... Um, it's a pretty productive season he's had nonetheless. Oh, exactly. Where does two dollars eighty in the Q twenty two? Zaki's still in the market at three fifty, but it would be long odds about him running now, I would suggest. I mean, I think even though we're suggesting if he won yesterday, he was no certain. That's to right. Go there. So I would think that they'll put him away now. And that Sydney winner of last week and that Lord Mayor's Cup hopeful at six dollars, maximal six in the Great House at eight dollars. That was the Forex Doomman Cup. Now let's push on. Plenty to get through. We're going to go to the third of the group ones. The Tab Kingsford Smith Cup, 1,300 metres, a wide betting race, but the, the favourite in the end was on Trevier at $5. Apache Chase headed for the run of the judge leading the way from Paul Ailey trying hard then September run Rothfire Scalopini wider nothing making ground from back in the field Apache Chase to the leader Paul Ailey is trying his heart out so is September run then Rothfire 11-11 running on Apache Chase he's in front Rothfire is charging with 11-11 Apache Chase in front and one Apache Chase all the way from either Paul Ailey up there as well, Rothfire at 11-11. September run, Brooklyn Hustle Isotope not far away with Scalopini Private Eye. Then came Away Game, Senior Fox, Wild Planet Ellsberg, Laws of Indices, Olmedo, and on trivia, she never got into it and finished towards the tail end. Apache Chase has led all of the way. We were talking about those busy finishes at the start of the show. This was uh, one to illustrate the point. Ch Apache Chase getting home by a head from Paul Ailey. Every time Paul Ailey made a strike at Apache Chase, Apache Chase fought back with 11-11 and Rothfire close up in third and fourth. Jim Byrne, the rider of Apache Chase, joins us now and past the post. Jim, good morning. Um, morning, Dick. How are you? I'm well. Congratulations. Uh, you're a man who uh, normally hides his emotions well, but I think you were finding a bit hard to hide them yesterday. This was a, a special win for more than just winning a Group 1. Yeah, look, it's it's um, uh, it's been well documented. Des and I go back a long way. Um, you know, like she's someone that I hold pretty pretty close. Um, she was she comes through Peter Moody, and and uh, you know I, I was I was doing a lot of writing for Peter at the time, and and so I've had a, a, a long association with her, and um, 
you know we've just had we've just had such a such a good association for such a long time and for her not to have had a group one for me was you know i just didn't think it was uh possible because she I, you know she's just such a good trainer and um it was just really special uh i thought the horse could could win a group one and you know uh, i kept saying to her look he's a group one horse i just we just got to find the right the right race for him and um, I thought last year that we we were going into the Stradbroke with a with a massive chance, and you know it was a little bit of a a, a letdown at the end of it. Um, but uh, thankfully, we were able to get home yesterday. You, you nailed your colours to the master of this horse a long time ago, Jim, and you've maintained that faith the whole way through. And I guess the Stradbroke's the only real downer that you've had with him in that that time. He, he just rarely, well, just doesn't let people down at, at all, does he? No, Nathan. He's um, yeah. Look, when I first jumped on him, um, I said to I said to Desley that um, you know, well, she'd always had a massive opinion of the horse, and um, I I rode him in the uh, jewel, the three-year-old jewel at the Gold Coast, and mm. um, if you recall that day, it was pretty wet, and we went pretty quick that day, and uh, he capitulated pretty badly the last furlong, um, and I, I was adamant that uh, look, the track was was his main undoing that day. And, and lo and behold, um, the association's just built from there. And, um, you know, after I after I won on him, you know, he just gives you that stronger feel every time. When a horse, in those good races, when horses can accelerate off good tempo um, and, and, and maintain that, um, like that good 600-metre sprint home, and it, it just makes it so difficult for, for backmarkers to get to him and, um, that's basically what he does, and um, for me, uh, you know, I'm just so appreciative of Mike and Terry Ann and, and, and Des because uh, you know I'm like they've just put their faith in me all the way through. You jumped in front and held the lead and had a good run too. They they didn't go at a, at a screaming pace. You were really really able to rate the horse as you wanted to. That's important, isn't it, these races because you know there's plenty of horses chasing you. And it's a long way up that straight. Yeah, correct. And it, he was a when I first hopped on him, he, he he used to go a little bit too hard, and he wouldn't switch down. Um, and he'd just basically just go out, and he'd he'd break their hearts, and just run those fast sections all the way through. And um, now he's just a completely different horse. Where if something did go fast um, and too fast in, in in front, he was able to just sit off. And you've seen it uh, in the in the uh, Wheatwood where he sat off him in the Wheatwood. And, um, you know he's he's able to do that now, which makes him gives him a whole new dimension uh, as a as, as a racehorse. But yesterday, Des said to me, no, "Look, just let him run. Don't 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 go too slow with him." And um, it's a little bit hard to not think about your times and all that sort of stuff when you're going out and you know the sort of caliber of horses that are in behind you. So it's it, it's very difficult to actually think that you can just continually. <clears throat> run those quick sections and 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 not be mindful that they're going to be strong late. Um, but you know, come to the three, as they said, just just make sure you step it up and make them chase you. And basically, that's all we did yesterday. Is you know, the the first half of the race, you just kind of try and get a, a a little bit of a rest, and from three out, just make sure that you start stepping it up and make them chase. And you know, look, he's uh, he was able to do it yesterday, which I'm. You know, I was over the moon about. I don't think many people would have had Paul Elias being the horse that would be sitting outside you in the run, Jim. There's a couple of, like Ellsberg and Rothfire, would have thought maybe 
would have pressured you in those early stages. Were you surprised how it panned out in that first half of the race? Yeah, yeah, correct. I I, I definitely expected Rothfire to be right up on me um, and Ellsberg as well. I, I thought both those horses would be right there. And, I, you know, for them to lead, I, I, I was actually going to continue to roll and make sure one of them took it up uh, and I was just going to get a park on them and put the pressure on from the three out. So um, when I seen J-Mac outside me, I thought, oh, this has <laughs> changed a little bit. Uh, <laughs> It definitely changed the plans a little bit. So, you know, that's when you're just kind of winding back a little bit and say, well, you know, we'll just do it a little bit more leisurely than what I was originally going to do. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and that's way for age as well. So it was always going to be difficult for anything to come from behind him if you've got that softer tempo in front. So, um, you know, he'd he, he done a great job yesterday. He was a freshman three-year-old last year with a light weight. He just, he just fell short. But here we are a year down the track. He's going to have to carry more weight. But uh, he's obviously matured physically. I, I know Des thinks that. Jimmy, I think this is a very winnable Stradbroke. I'm not saying Apache Chase is going to win the Stradbroke, but looking at what race yesterday and what's ahead of us, there's not too many new ones coming along. It's a very winnable Stradbroke. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as I said last year, I thought he was a, he was a real life chance in the, in the, in the race. Um, and, and we did go a little bit too quick with him uh, in in Australia last year, like he got pressed a lot, a lot more. But I think he's a lot more furnished now, and he's able to absorb that pressure a little bit better than what he was able to last year. Um, and, and keep in mind, he had a he had a fairly long prep last year, and um, we did push all our chips in going into I think it was the Fred Best, mm. um, and he had a pretty heavy, you know, a pretty hard run to get into the Stradbroke. And this this year, I mean, like he's coming in third up into the Stradbroke, so. I think we've got the the right horse. It's the right race again for him this year. And you know, look, I I, I believe he's going to be, you know give us a hell of a sight in the Stradbroke. One thing we can be certain of this year, Jim, is that it's going to be a much more comfortable build up to the Stradbroke for you than it was twelve months ago. Yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that too often. That was a that was a that was a pretty tough two weeks. So, um, but look, you know, again, uh, he was a horse that I I I I thought could measure up to that that sort of level and uh, I'm just glad that uh, we're able to do it for Des and, and, and Mike and Terry Ann. Jim, thanks for your time this morning and um, look forward to the Stradbroke in two weeks' time. One question before I go. Are you going to win the Premiership this year? <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, Jimmy Orman's having a great season. Um, look, and, you know, look, he's riding well. As, so uh, <laughs> I'm always around there, so I'll just keep whacking away and uh, I think come to... Uh, Come to the end of it, uh, if I'm if I'm still in contention, well, well, <laughs> I'll just continue to try and ride winners. That's the main thing. And if the premiership comes, it comes. You've been on it pretty regularly for a long time now. Good on you, mate. Congratulations. Thanks, boys. I appreciate it. Jim Byrne joining us this morning. The jockey of Apache Chase always speaks a lot of sense. And what I'm trying to say about the Apache Chase, when I said it's a very winnable strand break, I think what we saw yesterday. Um, there's no standouts, there's, and there's no superstars flying in. Uh, I think a pet, and I think he's eight dollars favourite for the Stradbroke. He is. Uh, Ayrton's the the X factor. Yeah. I, I believe he might be having a jump out at Deegan uh, on Tuesday. That was the that was the plan. They were going to um, give him either a trial or a jump out. So he is, uh, to use the expression, he is the wild card because he's coming off one run in the Hollandale. Things went wrong there. Heavy track, over raced. 
all of a sudden reset, go to plan B. Yeah. And, um, you know, if the, 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 the best Anton or the real Anton steps out, he's right there, so, so you're right. But Apache oh, Chase, I mean, one thing about it, if he doesn't win, he's really far away. It's funny how it's just history tells you what a difficult job it is to win that race, then the Stradbroke. Now the history books have swapped around, but Thorne Park won that race in the record books. But it's still... The final group one into the Stradbroke, you're going back to Campaign King, the last horse to do the double in. So even though no longer you can get a penalty, so that's, that's a tick for him. It, it just shows how difficult it is. Vega one looked like doing it last year until Tefani emerged. Um, but, you know, like you say, you know he's going to race well, but it's, it, it's not, it's not an, an easy task. No. Paul Laley, I, I had reservations about the distance. Well, you were I, right. I, well, yeah, but yes and no. <laughs> I, was, I was right by ahead. But... I think they're 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 planning on going on to the Stratty, so yep. that's fourteen hundred. So again, he's a horse who puts himself into a position. He'll be there to win, but strong fourteen hundred. Little question mark again. Yeah, I agree with that. And he's not he's not pitchforked into the race. So they're no. looking for the ones that are pitchforked in. I thought eleven eleven was very good in terms of the race wasn't really run to suit him. He got very close, so he's obviously in good shape and. You know, Apache, Cat, uh, Apache Chase are having some nice stouches now. They, they've jousted uh, on Magic Millions Day. Alligator Blood was absolutely outstanding yesterday. I've just got to check what he drops to in the, the Stradbroke. We'll, we'll, that come, race... we'll come to him shortly. Mm. But uh, And look, I think Rothfire, I was glad to see him run well like that yesterday because he, he's come into this preparation with a, a high reputation, nosedive, maybe a little unkindly by, by many of us. Rob Heathcote would probably certainly say that. His run of the 10,000 was respectable on a, an unsuitable track surface, but mm. yesterday he never stopped trying after racing in a handy position, so yeah. his run was good. He was there to win too, wasn't he? And I, I guess they might just rue that, that barrier. That If he'd drawn a barrier yesterday, he would, would have been possibly in the spot Apache Chase was. So, no, kudos to them for getting him back to where he, where he is at the moment. I, I think you're right about 11-11, one of the few, if not the only one, who overcame, when I say pace bias, they didn't walk, but uh, they, 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 they went at a, uh, a speed that was pretty comfortable for Group 1 standard. That's right. In fact, you, you can listen to Soxagon's race shortly, but Soxagon, they went out about three quarters of a second um, uh, faster in the, in the BRC sprint, but 11-11's run was good. Okay, that, that, is the, that is the Kingsford Smith Cup. Now, it wouldn't be... A, I, the producers look at me like seriously. Good morning, Dale. How are you? Look, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a morning without chatting to Desley Forster. She's already been on television. Now it's radio. Des, good morning. Morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You sound good too. Yeah, no, I was. I got to, had to go to work this morning, so no, it's all very good. Yeah, it, it is all very good. It's a wonderful weekend, and um, there's not much more we can really say. Uh, um, how was he this morning, Apache Chase? Eating well? Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's really well this morning. And so he licked his feet in out last night, which was great. And No, he's very happy. We've heard Jim Burns speak this morning, Des, about why that win meant more to him yesterday because of the long association he's had with you and it didn't sit well with him that you hadn't won that Group 1. You've done it now. You, you touched on it during the presentation where you said it's starting to sink in and now the morning after. Just tell us, from a personal satisfaction point of view, to have finally done that oh look yeah like it's it has sunk in and um no it's great and as i said i had a couple of people um 
seen me this call and see me this morning and asked me if it's all setting and sunk in. I said, yeah, it has sunk in, but as I said, it's good to have that. And as I said, I've got a job, still got to, got to get out of bed next day and go to work, you know what I mean? It sort of keeps you a bit grounded. A great association with Jimmy Byrne, that's well known. We've just had a chat with Jim. But I'd like you also to pay compliment to uh, to uh, the Sharon family because they've been with you now for for a few years and uh, Mick placed a lot of confidence in you with Apache Chase when he could have been sold, but you said, I think you can win a Group 1, and, and you did yesterday. Yeah, no, as I said, I was um, I said you don't like to lose these good horses overseas, but as I said to Mike, um, I was very confident that we could win a Group 1 Money because of the way he races. He's got that beautiful racing pack where he puts himself out of front, up in front out of trouble and gives himself every hope, you know what I mean? It's funny how things happen in racing, There's in that once something happens, it can happen rapidly again soon after. We look ahead to two weeks' time. Can he do the double? I think so. Um, as I said, he drops down to handicap conditions uh, in two weeks' time, which is going to benefit him. I know it's going to benefit a few of the other horses as well, but... So dropping back to 55 and a half in a Stradbroke, which is going to be a good weight for him. And as I said, um, it helps a lot. Yeah, the one good thing about this horse, and it's it's well documented, it's there for everyone to see, if he doesn't win, he's never far away. He makes his own luck. He can go forward, he can lead or take a forward position, and he tries his guts out of the straight. You can't ask for any more than that, can you? No, exactly. As I said, he gives you 110% every time he goes out there and does his best all the time and just tries. Good on you. Congratulations. As I said, there's not a lot more to talk about, but just wanted to say to uh, to you on behalf of all of our listeners that um, uh, you are one of Queensland's most popular trainers. You, you wear your heart on your sleeve and you, you're proud of it. So great job yesterday, a milestone in your career. No, thanks, um, David. So I'd also like to just thank everyone for their support and it's, it's been great. I mean, um, as I said, you can't go anywhere without the support. It's been great for everyone's support they've given me. Did you speak to mum and dad last night? Uh, yeah, I spoke to them last night, and I spoke to them very early this morning. They were on the, <laughs> getting in the car, and they were driving to Corpy, which is a six-hour drive from home for the races today. I can put a face to a name. I met your mum three or four weeks ago at a restaurant, so I, I know her big smile there. I'm sure she'd be so proud of you yesterday, as, as would your dad be. Good on you. Thanks for your time this morning. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank you. Desley Forster, the trainer of Apache Chase. So let's move on because we've got plenty more to, to talk about, plenty more races. Let's go to the first race of the day, the Roses, the dress rehearsal for the Oaks, which will be run next Saturday, and the Victorian Barbrader was the 310 favourite. Barbrader's getting the clear, coming after Jim Martini. Shandon Berger's beaten Festival Dancer. Joining on the outside is Smirk, and running on strongly is Biscayne Bay. Barbrader is flat out, went to Jim Martini. Belsamar getting up inside the pair. Smirk coming at the trio. Four in line, Barbrader. A little something in the locker with a favourite. Coming up on the inside, Belsamar. Barbrader in front. Barbrader! Barbrader beat Belsamar and Smirk. Photo for Jim Martini. Orla Ville running on. Then Biscayne Bay, followed by, at the head of the others, Nom de Plume, and then Festival Dancer stalking Wellback Velvet Lady, Chilco Lake, and then De Maurier, Shandon Bergen, Royal Ballet, last over the line. It was probably a bit of an anxious watch for favourite backers with Barb Raider. Craig Williams gave her a perfect trip. The margin wasn't big, but one thing, when you watch these races again in replay, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but... They were never going to beat Barb Raider, and uh, she ran the 2100 strongly, and I'm sure that's that's uh, very pleasing for her trainer, Jerome Hunter. He's our next guest 
here on Pass the Post. Jerome, good morning. Good morning. And uh, I'm sure you were pleased with that. 2,100 metres, you're only going to go another 100 in seven days' time. Yeah, and look, as you said uh, just then, um, I don't think they were ever going to pass her um, because I just know her so well that, um, you know, she just puts her ears back and she keeps fighting for the line. So it's very encouraging. Um, You know, she ran out of good... 2100 metres and yeah, the trip up to 2200 I don't think will be a problem next week. She's been a real gem for you this whole season. Group 1 placed in the spring and then this campaign kicked off in February with a, a win and, and here you are late May uh, still winning these group races. So it's, it's been a great few months, hasn't it? Yeah, and you know, we we although, you know, it's been spread out, her races, you know, there's been quite a few that are three weeks apart and, and even this one, um, because Doombin was uh, cancelled, it was a month between runs. So you know, and she'll tell me if she's had enough or whatever. But um, look, every time she runs, it's it's you know it's so so gratifying having look look at her the next morning and, and she's eaten up everything and you know she's looking to go out and and do a bit of exercise. So she's just a real tough racehorse. Jerome, that was what we were saying to our previous guest, Esley Forster, and similar to you in a way, he doesn't train a big team of horses, but Apache Chase, if he doesn't win, he's really out of the top three or four, and the same applies to this filly. She's had 12 starts, five wins and five minor placings, only missed top four twice in her career. And I, I, I say the same thing to you as I said to Desley, you can't ask for any more than that. No, no, and, you know, this campaign... I don't think, apart from one run um, on the uh, heavy 10 in Sydney, she hasn't finished worse than second. So, um, and I, I'm actually staying, the horse is staying with Desley. And, um, you know, it, it was a great it was a great night last night. And her horse, you know, Friday night I had a, I had a look at him and I said to her, uh, he, he's just spot on. He, he, that horse is, is, you know, as you said, he's a real fighter, just like Barb Raider. We were both going into the races pretty confident. Certainly a good result for that small small yard of horses there that, that sit in that, that infield. Um, we know the Roses was put back a week. Will that be an advantage or a disadvantage for your filly, the seven-day turnaround? Oh, look, like I said, she pulls up so well, and she has this morning. I, I, you know, the program was two weeks apart. You know, she'd run in the, in the Roses and, and have two weeks leading into the Oaks. Um, it's it's not the normal program that you'd, you'd have with a horse, but, you know, it is what it is. That You know, I think it, yesterday it was a bit of a, a blessing that um, we got the dry weather over at Eagle Farm because, like I said, she didn't perform well at all in Sydney. Um, so there was always the question mark how she would have went on that, you know, really heavy track at Doom. Good on you, Jerome. Good luck next week in the Oaks. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you. Jerome Hunter, he's based at Mornington, of course, in Victoria. But he's got Barb Raider as a live chance. Now, when we were talking about the Stradbroke before in two weeks, we were saying, well, not much new. Ayrton is the is the addition. It's a different story with the Oaks because we saw Barb Raider win that traditional dress rehearsal yesterday. But Gypsy Goddess, of course, will reappear on Saturday at $3. Aravine coming out of that Sydney win at $6 with Barb Raider. Glint of Hope, who beat Barb Raider, in Adelaide at $9 and Honey Creeper at 11 yeah. So uh, whilst yesterday 
you know, several of those will go around again next week. It's a different ball game next Saturday. It, it creates a fascinating race, doesn't it? Uh, would you be thinking you'll get better than $3 Gypsy Goddess, given what you've just outlined there? Yeah, well, I, I suppose it'll be a, a capacity field. So, you know, if she happened to draw poorly, um, uh, she, she might. But you've always been of the opinion that you think $3 is too short? It had been, but the, that ro- the uh, bracelet form stacked up better in that race yesterday than I expected it to. So I'm giving a bit more respect to that now. But I do think that Aravine will find admirers. Glint of Hope will find admirers, given that Barb Raider form line. So uh, I just feel like there's, there's a few horses that they will want to back in the race, and, and hopefully that might push her out of touch. Let's take a short break here on Past the Post. Thanks for your company this morning. When we come back, we're going to brush through some of the other highlights of racing yesterday, and there were plenty of them. Looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Archerparkracing.com.au is the website to go to. All of the horses for sale are there with all of the information and you can take any percentage of a share. They've got a horse in a three-horse race at Ipswich today. Surely Sebring Girl will win race two, number six. Let's hope it does. Let's continue on with our look back at the Derby Day at Eagle Farm yesterday. And we're going to go to the size now. Group two, we've discussed she's a builder's win, but here's how she did it. Down below the 400, and Swiss Exile now in full flight, sprinting hard and fast. Exo Lady giving chase, but for the moment, Swiss Exile holding it. Resonator can't go on from the back. She's a Belder running on. Swiss Exile in front. Down below the 200 metre pole, She's a Belder's running on strongly. Swiss Exile all out. Danger. She's a Belter. She's a Belter. Went whoosh and won the size. Beat Swiss Exile, Brereton, and Capital Tower. Then came Twin Stars, fifth. Followed by Calgary Stampede, Robusto, Green Shadows, Tyresa, Liberty Steps. Yes, she's a belter producing that strong finish and William Pike riding for Peter and Paul Snowden. Some very happy owners there yesterday too. All the way from Perth. It was terrific scenes actually with the, the owners. Not in the JJ market because it's not nominated, but as we heard earlier, sounds a good chance to go there, doesn't it? So I, I, I sort of thought that yesterday when I heard that initially then I started to see just, you know, it's not a big uh, nom to pay. You've got to pay it tomorrow. Or, uh, is it yeah, there's different times it, the value of it changes as to... Yeah, but it's a, it's not not a big one if you've just won a million dollar race. And the fact that she's here and she's in form uh, if she if she does well I'll, I'll be surprised if she's not there. But uh, Swiss Exile ran well. Brereton, he's going to the, the Atkins. Ran well in third. Capital Tower in fourth. Again, we've been talking about what's going to be different in two weeks' time. Well, that first race at Doomba tomorrow, yes. you've got political debate and Basquiat uh, in there. It's a, it's a mild two-year-old maiden. And a horse that won at uh, Randwick yesterday, Owen County, uh, is likely to come as well. So, so you've got Owen County's $11 third pick for the Atkins political debate sitting there at $6 favourite, uh, even though it's you know not assured of getting a run. So it'd be interesting to see how the Atkins falls away, David, in terms of the prize money on offer for political debate tomorrow if he wins it, it still wouldn't have had him in the size yesterday. It still okay. would have been an emergency in the size yesterday. So obviously they're hoping that it just falls away a little. They're on a desperate chase. Let's go to the Fred Best Classic uh, over the 1,400 metres, one of many wide betting races yesterday. 
El Vencedor leads. Prince of Boom shoving into the clear. Velada is swimming about wider. Looking for run mince moment. Battleton's running on with He's All Mingo. Alpine Edge getting going. Flying crazy running out of room. And where's Startone? Still well back in the field. Velada shot to the lead from a wall of horses. Getting up on the inside. Kiss some. Velada for Godolphin in front from Kiss some. Velada is hanging on. He'll win Velada. Beat home Kiss some. Foto third. Battleton or He's All Mingo. Flying crazy. Not much luck. Wider was Lock Eagle from last Mokalua, then Alpine Edge Tartone's Prince of Boom, then El Vencedor Meritable, Minsk Moment, I Am Lethal, Mystic Aroma and El Vencedor, last over the line. Yes, uh, black type there for Valana. Sam Clipperton, of course, rode the treble three, uh, two weeks ago on 10,000 days, seen to the four. Yeah, Tracy Bailey felt probably touch stiff for uh, his horse Kiss Sum. We'll go to the, the gun Sid now and, and get off and have to decide if they want to pay a late entry into the Stradbroke for Villana. Speaking to Nassim Dilming yesterday, that su- suggestion is that it's a real possibility. And only lightly race. That was his sixth start yesterday for his fourth win. So you can't fault the record. And as we know, three-year-olds do have a good record in the Stradbroke. Well, I suppose this was like the undercard to the, the Kingsford Smith. It wasn't meant to be that way, but the BRC sprint was transferred from that Dooman meeting to yesterday. Big field again, and again, open betting, but Soxagon was the favourite at $6. In the straight, 400 left to run. Buffalo River travelling strongly. Nicodemus being pushed along, so is Taxu. Then Emerald Kingdom, Holyfield, Oscar Zula not doing enough. Soxagon running on reasonably well. Alligator Blood's running on down the outside. Buffalo River is still in front. Nicodemus, Holyfield. Soxagon and wider was Alligator Blood. Big finish coming up. Nicodemus got to the lead. Holyfield coming through with Soxagon. Soxagon and Holyfield. Alligator Blood out wide. Oh, photo. Soxagon is prominent. Alligator Blood out wide. And Holyfield and Nick it over. Great finish to the BRC sprint and Blondo flew. Then came Tycoonist, followed by Buffalo River, Vinco, Irish Songs, Texu, Emerald Kingdom, Oscar Zulu, and the last trio, Jim Song, Gospolin, and Desert Lord. I suppose because of its rating, this race isn't considered with as much uh, aura as, as Apache Chase's Keith Smith Cup, but Soxagon is certainly capable of playing a strong hand in the Strabrack, I feel. Yeah, he's open to getting a penalty. Apache mm. Chase isn't. He's already on 54. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Nathan Burke and the team down at Racing Queensland do. If they do penalise him, you'd think it'd only be a half kilo. From that race, Alligator Blood drops to 55 in the Stradbroke. And his run was terrific. It was outstanding. Terrific. It was an Alligator Blood of old. So that is the race that provided the Stradbroke winner last year. We saw Tafani carry a big weight mm. in that race, ran second Emerald Kingdom and then came out and won the Stradbroke. And what about just when you think, well, his days are behind him, Nick and Over, again runs oh. the race of his life. Holyfield is racing well. And two to mention uh, who, who can't win Stradbrokes, but uh, were slightly unlucky there yesterday, Tycoonist and also Blondet, they encountered traffic in the straight. I don't think there's a lot between that race and the Kingswood Smith. If you line up what happened at Rockhampton, mm-hmm. the Rockhampton form was right there amongst the placings of both races. And we could compare from a time point of view, which I alluded to earlier, Soxagon 116, home in 34.93, Apache Chase 116.39, so they ran about 0.4 slower. The sprint home quicker, 34.64, indicating that Soxagon's race was run at a much stronger tempo in the early part. Mark Curry, he wasn't there yesterday. I think he was celebrating the uh, his granddaughter's or his daughter's um, being uh, having a, a, a. What am I trying what to about say? You're getting tongue tied. I'm up. stuck. There's I'm, a first I'm, for everything. Yeah. Anyway, he wasn't there, but he was 
wherever he was, he was happy because he was celebrating with his family and he saw Soxagon win and Brad Stewart. What a good uh, horse he's been over the journey. Oh, 100%. Week. And to Brian Burke, who was there at the presentation too, he was absolutely thrilled and so he should be. It's been a wonderful journey for him and his wife, Anne, with Soxagon. Three more races. Let's go to the Premier's Cup. And uh, this was uh, a race marred by an incident soon after the start. We'll talk about that in a moment, but here's the race replay. Spirit Ridge hoisted the wide flag and Splendiferous dashed away with a clear lead with about 300 left to run. Flashard trying home with Alakahan. King of Leograds running on Gamely Odds. Wider London banker and the fearless one putting in a good run down the outside. Splendiferous is all out. There's a wall chasing it. King of Leograds, London banker and the fearless one on the outside but Splendiferous is still in front. They're running out of time to try and catch it. Splendiferous in front and got the money. I'd say just. Sweet Thomas flew out wide from the fearless one London banker, then came Seat of Power, followed by Alec Kahan, King of Lear Grants, made a brief dash in the straight, then Smart Meteor, Flashard knocked up that Humboldt Current, Soprano Supreme, and out towards the tail was Stardome, uh, Spirit Ridge not completing the track, and sadly, Steel Prince has uh, crashed to the track about three... Yes, this was a, a shocking incident about, well, 200 metres after the start, and I just caught it out of the corner of my eye, just veered to the outside rail and, and collapsed on the track and uh, uh, a suspected heart attack. Yeah, hor- horrible scenes for, for everyone involved there and um, yeah, he'd been a really good horse for them too. So there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's, uh, it's one of those incidents you hate seeing. Waterhouse and Bot to the fore here with Splendiferous. Tim Clark riding. Did some work to get around them and, and set up shop and whilst the margin was narrow, and no, it can't be any narrower, uh, was able to hold on. Well, Sweet Thomas is a bit of an old marvel, isn't it? Mm, it um, gets to 3,200 metres in a couple of weeks and be a red-hot chance. Well, the Premier was in attendance at Eagle Farm yesterday. Anastasia Palaszczuk was the racing minister, Grace Grace. The third race is the Lord Mayor's Cup for Sky Racing. And uh, Hungry Heart had the call on favouritism just over Big Boy Roy. No change to the running order up to the turn. 500 left to run and Big Boy Roy in the lead. Hungry Heart is close enough if good enough as they turn into the straight and the sprint will go on now where Big Boy Roy leads away. Hungry Heart in second, chasing hard. Then Ballistic Boy, Lunacorn, Kaldig, Zaydani making up a bit of ground and the others were struggling as the sprint went on but Big Boy Roy giving his head below the 200 metres dashed away from Ballistic Boy. Hungry Heart can't do any more. Then Kaldig and Zaydani. Big Boy Roy in front, short of 100 to go. If you're on him, get in the Thank you all the way. Big boy, Roy. Big ballistic boy in Colding. Then Zaydani or Birderbeck, followed by Hungry Heart. Then Lunacorn, Cryodirus, Wellbag Jukon and Star of Michelin is last of all. Big boy, Roy. J-Mac riding for Chris Waller. As we said on Select Racing yesterday morning, it was uh, a map maker's dream because he looked the only leader. It panned out that way. And the, the time and sexual... Explain the story. One fifty and ninety nine. Nothing flash overall. Home in thirty four two. Pretty quick. Yeah, the betting didn't say that. That it was as you outlined there. It was quite easy. But um, no, kudos to you. I heard you on Friday morning. You named two horses: Big Boy Roy and Socks are gone. And I thought, oh. Put it this way, you gave me an yeah, absolute hiding. You, you gave me an absolute hiding yesterday. So kudos to you. It was uh, well found. It Socks are gone. End. Presumably, Najmati in the last. Well, we've left the best to last, haven't we, as we draw to a close here on Past the Post. Let's go to the Helen Coglin, And uh, again, uh, sound like a broken record, a very open betting race.
Them centre fire narrowly in front of Vulpine. Coming at the pair, Wandi with a spider wide run. Salatine is starting to warm to the task as well. Then Tahitian Dancer, centre fire still in front from Wandi with Salatine. Coming home fast, Tahitian Dancer. And right down the outside of the rain of knots, here comes Najmani, you beauty! Najmani got up and won the last. Photo for the miners. Tahitian Dancer, Salatine or Wandi, a written beauty from the back. Then Tycoon Evie, followed by centre fire East Asia. Then came at the head of the others, majestic shot, April Rain, Redoots Image, Dirty Thoughts, Vulpine, eloquently in the last trio, Starla, Stolen Jade, and Kizakano. I did reflect on that after the race, <laughs> saying that, but look, I, I can only explain it this way. It was a long day. It was a it was a, a tough day, calling, but that's our job. That's what we do. But like any putter, if any putter's listening out there, if you've been there all day and you've been up and down like a yo-yo, you're back the last winner. You take $5 on Thursday, it gets to 11 but you do back up within the shadows of the start time. You're entitled to say you beauty. No, good on you. It was, a, it was a nice way to round out the day. Um, and a good win too. She, she's a different horse this time around to what we saw in the summer, isn't she? Mm. Uh, and I think Paul Stoner made a, a legitimate point that um, you know, she's entitled to go to the Tats Tiara, but 1,400 is a new ball game. But if she could just be smothered away and just held up, held up, she's got that really good turn of speed. Yes, she was certainly looked pretty good uh, the way she wound up there yesterday. Well, a great day of racing. Thanks for your contribution this morning. And, uh, of course, Group 1, Queensland Oaks next Saturday. That's it. And as we've outlined this morning, it's going to be really interesting Oaks and another opportunity for the locals to, to go grab one of the, the big Group 1s. I'm into these live broadcasts. We've been at the, the track on fr Friday mornings and Saturday mornings. I'm taking press room to Dooman tomorrow morning. I'm going to broadcast live from Dooman. Uh, with press room and, of course, Black Boogers, because we've got an early start at Demon. The first is before 11.30, a nine-race card. Track improving all of the time, but improving slowly, according to Ross Smith. So I think we're still at that heavy nine stage. We might get to a heavy eight. We're backing up at Dooman on Wednesday as well. So whilst we've been pretty quiet over the past few weeks racing-wise uh, in the city, it's, we're going full steam ahead this week coming up. Thanks for your company. Uh, thanks to Archer Park Racing for their support. Have a good day. We'll talk to you soon.